The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the General Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, once again, alpha males are under attack. Those of us that enjoy pleasure are under attack. It seems that the enemies of pleasure cannot help themselves. The enemies of masculine men cannot help themselves. But I am here to help all of us that are alpha males that enjoy Alpha Male Good Life Pleasure Maneuvers. We do not apologize for enjoying fine cigars and spirits and steaks. We don't apologize for having raging amounts of testosterone flowing through our body. And we do not apologize for being strong men, decisive men. And so, lieutenants, for the next two hours, we welcome you into the world of Alpha Male Pleasure and Paradise as we get set to enjoy the good life, as we do each and every week. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure, America's alpha male front and center from Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A, long live the alpha. And it is getting tougher and tougher to be an alpha male. It's getting tougher and tougher to enjoy life's great pleasures, but we are undeterred. And by the way, if you care to follow me 24-7, 365 on social media, go to CigarDave.com. Make sure you click on either Twitter or Facebook, Instagram. Follow us. Very active on Twitter. Twitter.com slash CigarDaveShow is my handle. And you just never know what's going to come from my little pause when I tweet on the keyboard on my uh, mobile phone or on my my computer. But we are always front and center. When something grabs me, you will hear about it. Now, speaking of one thing that is really perturbing me is all the attacks on Donald Trump. Now, certainly Donald Trump made some unforced errors. There's no question had a few bad weeks. But what we have seen is the liberal media go right after Trump. And I don't care if the nominee would have been Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio. It could be the Pope. And the Liberal media would turn like they always do after the primary season and in the general election. They start turning the screws, tightening the vice on the Republican nominee. And one of the people that is doing that, who's got a problem with, with, with everything with Donald Trump and who also has a problem with the fact that he says the Republican Party has been hijacked and we need a strong Republican Party, is Thomas Friedman. He is an ultra, ultra liberal columnist for the New York Times, all the liberal news that's fit to print. 
And what's amazing, he came out with a column earlier this week that I got to kick out, complaining that we need a moderate Republican party, a center, center-right Republican party. He was so concerned about the direction of the Republican party, and I find it amusing that all these ultra-liberal Democrats are so concerned about the Republican party. They could care less. They don't want a Republican party, but they I love how they show so much concern. Well, Thomas Friedman, a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't get to it last week when we were up in the Buffalo Theater of Operations at the Pooch Pit, but Thomas Friedman really went after Donald Trump, and he went after all alphas. He went after those of us that have raging amounts of testosterone, those of us that are decisive, those of us with nads of steel. And this is what Thomas Friedman had to say on the CNN Morning Show uh, on Trump's straight talk. Does anyone here believe, please raise your hand, that Mexico is going to build a wall on this border? Uh, Does anyone believe that we can carpet bomb ISIS out of existence, that all that's missing is a few extra bombs? Is that really telling like it is? Yeah, it sounds like straight talk. It's full of testosterone. That's all it is. Ooh, it's testosterone. Again, here we have a columnist that has a problem with masculine alpha males. This is the problem that's been going on in this country for now well over a decade or two decades. The alpha male is now evil. The alpha male is enemy number one. How dare a male, an alpha male, stand up and say what he believes? How dare he be opinionated? How dare that he go out in front of the world and express his strength and his confidence And I can tell you as someone who's always had confidence from a young age that many people misinterpret confidence with arrogance. A little touch of arrogance is good now and then, never hurt anyone. But I can tell you that what perturbs these liberals, all these columnists, especially these feminists, is we now have a Republican nominee, a Republican de facto nominee, the presumptive nominee, convention hasn't occurred yet, who actually is proud to be decisive, and a strong, opinionated alpha male, and they despise that. And Thomas Friedman has a problem. And oh, by the way, Tommy, let me just tell you how that wall is going to be paid for by Mexico. Mexico's not going to write the check, but I'll tell you who is going to write the check. All those illegals that are sending dollars over in wire transfers from Western Union, you put a 5 or 7% or 10% excise tax on all those outgoing wire transfers, we'll pay for that wall, no problem. Now, he goes on in the next soundbite to bring up the testosterone and the balls against the fight against ISIS. So to come in now, like you're Trump, and saying all that's missing is a little testosterone, Um, someone who has the balls to take down ISIS. Well, I'll tell you what happens if we take down ISIS tomorrow. Very simple. We have to go door-to-door in Mosul. After we're ravaged in that, then we own Mosul. Why? Because Iraqis can't agree on who should control Mosul the morning after. So for the third time, invade Iraq, then they couldn't agree. Uh, Do the search, then they couldn't agree. Take Mosul, then they couldn't agree. Look, these are incredibly messy situations. And if you treat them as if, you know, it's just a testosterone issue, he's telling it like it is. Well, you'll get what you deserve. Well, Tommy, I think you're getting a little bit melodramatic, just a little bit. Nobody's talking about throwing an entire uh, division and boots in Mosul and Iraq. But there are ways to combat ISIS. And he's got apparently a problem with the fact that Trump wants to get them uh, out of this planet into oblivion. He's got a big problem with that. And for someone that says that 
Thomas Friedman that goes after alpha males, I find it amusing because, see, Thomas Friedman is like a male gigolo because his wife is worth massive amounts of money. His father-in-law was one of uh, a big real estate developer in Chicago, owned a very large company. I think it was General Growth, if I'm not mistaken. And upon his death, his estimated net worth was about a billion three, probably more. So he lives in an 11,000-square-foot house in the Washington, D.C. suburbs. So he's basically a gigolo. He's taken care of. He is a kept man because I'll guarantee you his salary at the New York Times, even with all his books, would not allow him to live in an 11,000-square-foot mansion in Potomac, one of the toniest suburbs of Washington, D.C., So he doesn't know anything about testosterone or having big balls because his balls were cut off once his wife made Tom Friedman a gigolo. Nobody likes to say that. Nobody, he he never espouses that, the fact that he married well. I have to give him credit on that. Listen, it's just as easy to marry a wealthy woman as it is a poor woman. So you may as well marry the wealthy one. So I got to give him credit on that. But clearly, he's jealous of Donald Trump and every other alpha male that has big balls and raging testosterone because that poor bastard was castrated once he married the missus, who basically funds his lifestyle. Sad but true. Now, lieutenants, when we come back, I'm going to make a correlation. There is a direct correlation between the fact that so many people criticize alpha males, men with testosterone, men with titanium nads, nads of steel, titanium nads, guys that are strong. Because the masculinity factor in this country and in Britain is going down. And when I come back, I will tell you about a shocking study that was done by YouGov looking at the younger generation and how they view themselves in terms of being masculine. It is revealing, it is shocking, and it is indeed perturbing. We will continue front and center lieutenants on the Cigar Dave show. The 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water is set for Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo Riverworks in the Western New York Theater of Operations. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars and includes delicious food, great libations from Jack Daniels and Hamburg Brewing, and premium cigars from Rocky Patel. Get your tickets now for the 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water at CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, Those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. 
Alpha's a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks downtown Buffalo. This is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. From the time you walk in until the time you leave, you will enjoy great cigars, including six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut. We'll have a full Alpha Lunch Buffet, including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs, a carnivore carving station, paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks, including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks in Buffalo. We will see you there. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it. The oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. America's Alpha Male with Nads of Steel, the General Cigar, Cigar Dave. Dave. Well, we left off speaking about Thomas Friedman and the fact that that columnist and so many others are going after those of us that are strong, opinionated, confident alpha males. We're masculine. We are not afraid to show our masculinity. We're proud of our masculinity. Well, YouGov did a survey, both in the United States and in Britain, looking at how men of different ages perceive themselves in terms of masculinity. And there is no doubt that masculinity has been on the decline in the United States, especially with the younger generations. We've seen it over the last 20 to 40 years. The rise of the feminist movement, the fact that there are more boys growing up in divorced households with just a female instead of a male uh, role model or uh, male-inspired leadership qualities. We're seeing a huge fundamental shift. This has been going on and on. Now, this recent survey conducted by YouGov, the middle of last month in mid-May, asked American men to rate their own masculinity on a scale from zero to six, zero being completely masculine and six being completely feminine. Now, I would have done it the opposite. To me, zero should be feminine, six should have been masculine. But I digress. The results showed major differences between generations and their own perceived masculinity. 
Now, check this out. Only 30% of young men aged 18 to 29 viewed themselves as completely masculine. Even less, only 28% of those from 30 to 44 rated themselves as completely masculine. So basically, when you look at the 18 to 29 demographic, 70% of that demographic views themselves not as masculine, but as feminine. I mean, if they're not identifying themselves as masculine, to me, they'd be identifying themselves as feminized. That is incredibly perturbing. That is shocking to me. I thought there was going to be a high percentage of of men that viewed themselves at least over 50% as masculine, but what this shows, everything we've been talking about on this show for years and years. The feminist movement has, has castrated the American boy, leading to young men, middle-aged men, that now basically are wussified. We are seeing wussified beta men. No wonder all the women I know complain to me and say, Dave, where can I find an alpha male? Someone that has confidence, that makes decision, not these guys that cower when you ask them or talk to them, that put their head between their tails every two seconds. Now, what's interesting is, by contrast, 45% of men aged 45 to 64 rated themselves as completely masculine, and a whopping 65% of American men over the age of 65 rated themselves as masculine. Now, YouGov explains the contrast in part to changing gender roles of men and women, particularly within marriage. And it says that today, in 2016, gender roles have been transformed as the percentage of men who stay home to take care of children increases and women begin to beat men in academic achievement and are slowly closing the income gap. Let me tell you this. We always hear about the, the glass ceiling. Women have to shatter the glass ceiling. We heard Hillary Clinton this week. Everybody went goo-goo and gaga because Hillary Clinton is the first now presumptive nominee, a female presumptive nominee, to run for president. Who cares? The fact is, women now represent the majority of college graduates, of post-college graduates. They represent now a large number of CEOs, of professionals, of lawyers, doctors, bankers, you name it. The days where they're tucked away in the house and in the kitchen, they're over. They've been over for years and years and years. But of course, the feminist movement has to keep touting this. So the fact of the matter is we've now seen men, we see this in school, that boys from a very young age are not as encouraged like their girl counterparts are. And that is a huge problem. And we see it in television. You know, the man tends to be the oafy, goofy, kind of irresponsible one. It's always the wife that's responsible and balances the checkbook. She's got the level head on her shoulders. We see it. It is not an unfamiliar sight. We've been seeing this on television for 20, 30 years, and there's no question that Hollywood has taken a baseball bat to masculine men and trying to beat them down. And what's interesting is when a similar survey was done in the United Kingdom, in Britain, even less young men identified as completely masculine than American men. And I wonder what Mick the Brit would have to say to this. Now, Mick the Brit, of course, a fellow masculine male, fellow alpha. But it is just fascinating to me that the percentage of American men, 42% of American men overall, 
overall identify themselves as completely masculine. In Britain, only 28%. So clearly, the feminist movement there has been even worse than in the United States, and the feminist movement in the United States has not been great at all for men and boys. So what do we do? How do we, as men, how do we, as as adults, how do we stop this nonsense? First, by calling out these nonsensical feminists, calling them out for what they are. They are frustrated men. You look at the women that are the leaders in the feminist movement, they are not attractive. They've never had boyfriends. And I would say that men of them, there's, there's, there's the old uh, adage, chicks with something else. And actually, we'll tweet out exactly what I, uh, the statement that I, will, that I just said. It's chicks with D blank blank blank. And uh, the statement that starts with D rhymes with chicks. That's what they are. They are frustrated men. They have more facial hair on their, on their uh, uh, cheeks and on their face than most men. They have underarm hair. They got arm hair, leg hair. It is, they're beasts, man. These feminists are a scary sight to look at. But the effect that they have, have had is undeniable. So it's time that we as men, as alphas, say enough's enough. And it's time that boys in schools that parents start telling boys to assert themselves. But what happens when we see boys starting to assert themselves and being boys, wanting to play, wanting to roughhouse, wanting to horse around? Oh, wait a minute. You are attacking. You are, you are, you are showing terrible behavior, aggressive behavior. You're microaggressing. Enough of this nonsense. It really has to go. You and I are proud to be alpha males. And I can tell you, many of the women, in fact, almost every woman listening to this show, I will guarantee, appreciates, prefers, and admires the alpha male. They want a strong, confident, decisive man. No doubt about it. And if you're a strong, decisive alpha male, one of the activities that you partake in is grilling dead quality animal meat products on your grill. Now, last week we had Grill 101 maneuvers with Colonel Ange and Butcher Dave. In the entire second hour of today's Cigar Dave show, I spend with Butcher Dave Farmer, the master of meat for the Cigar Dave show. Butcher over at Orchard Fresh in Orchard Park, New York, not far from Ralph Wilson Stadium, the home of the Buffalo Bills. And we will talk different cuts of meat, grades of meat, types of meat, everything you need to know about the types of meat to put on your grill to get maximum taste, flavor, and nourishment pleasure. We will continue with the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony next. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I'm in the mood for a cigar that's going to be mild to medium because the libation that I've selected requires a cigar that will not overpower it. So I've selected the Drew Estate Undercrown Shade. This was released last July at the Cigar Retailers Convention. And hard to believe that we're just about five weeks away. Nothing like Las Vegas, the third week of July, where it's 198 degrees, but it's a dry heat. It's just like sticking your head into a, uh, an oven. But well, we will be there the entire week with some live telecasts. But last year at the IPCPR convention, I remember there was a big buzz around the Drew Estate booth because they were launching the brand new Drew Estate Undercrown Shade, the first release that was blended by Drew Estate Master Blender Willie Herrera, formerly of El Titan de Bronze, down in Miami. Interesting story behind this Drew Estate Undercrown shade. A little bit lighter than the normal Undercrown, which is a medium, medium full cigar. The rollers were always smoking the Liga Provada 9 down in the factory, the Drew Estate factory in Nicaragua. And the problem was is that there was such huge demand for the cigar and they couldn't make enough and couldn't get enough of the cigar tobaccos that Willie said, look, we got to come up with something else for you to smoke because the Liga Provada 9, you're just killing us with all these Ligas that you're smoking. So they collaborated and came up with the Undercrown Shade. Nice on the palate. It is mild to medium, more on the medium side. A little bit of sharpness. Has a beautiful Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper that I'm looking at right now. Nice shine, nice oiliness to it, but not overpowering. A Sumatra binder. The filler, Dominican Criollo 98, Nicaraguan Criollo, and Corojo 
from Nicaragua as well. Comes in six different sizes, and I have selected the Corona. Now, my favorite size is the Toro. You all know that. About a 6x52, 6x54 ring gauge size cigar. But a Corona, to me, is just a classic size. It's a great Sunday morning cigar. Have a little coffee, read the paper. Just beautiful. Five and five-eighths inches in length, so just over five and a half inches in length. A 46 ring gauge, or 46 sixty-fourths of an inch in diameter. Suggested retail is $750, but the Drew Estate Undercrown Shade comes in six different sizes. And again, this particular cigar, a very nice blend, because it's going to be lush, it's going to be very smooth, but there is going to be very subtle notes of sweetness with some sharpness, little spice on the palate. So the Drew Estate Undercrown Shade, my cigar of choice today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Going to be using a cigar perforator today. This is a special perforator. After the Syracuse Orangeman, my Syracuse Orangeman made it to the uh, NCAA Final Four. I received a package in the mail from Cigar Perforator with a nice note saying, General, we decided that we wanted to send you another cigar perforator, but this time in a color to match your Syracuse orange men and to commemorate their great run deep into the tournament. So they sent me a cigar perforator in the orange crush color. Beautiful. Just looks like the Syracuse orange men uh, uh, logo color. So beautiful looking cigar perforator has five different, looks like drill bits that you press down on that make very nice sharp holes into the head of the cigar. Very unique way to cut your cigar to get the the beautiful smoke to come through the head of the cigar. And that's what I will use today, the Cigar Perforator in the Orange Crush color. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, I've just pulled out a litation device that was given to me actually yesterday by Tommy and Jeff Borshowitz over at Davidoff Cigar in uh, the Cigar City of Tampa. I happened, haven't been in in a few weeks, and I walked in, and Tommy said, Hey, General, you know, uh, we put in a, uh, a lighter for you in your locker, Locker 1A. Did you know that? I said, I had no idea. So he gives it to me. It's a Zycar tabletop lighter. has the Corona Cigar logo on it. Very elegant. Three light, uh, three flames, jet flames. Heavy light, uh, lighter, very nice feel in the hand. So that's what I will use today. And uh, it will do a great job lighting my Drew Estate Undercrown Shade. You've got massive amount of BTUs, British thermal units, that will cause combustion and ultimately give me ample amounts of pleasure on the palate. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, I'm taking my cigar perforator. I'm placing it on the cap, directly on the cap. And now I'm there's a spring that I almost press down, and I'm just slowly pressing and just jiggling back and forth. Very slowly. Let me pull. Oh, perfect. Cut. Five beautiful, perfect, symmetrical holes in the head of my Undercrown Shade Cigar. Now I will take my Zycar Corona Cigar Lighter that was given to me. Let me toast the foot of this cigar. Beautiful looking flame. Three jet flames. Fantastic. And I'm not allowing the flame to touch 
the wrapper, the binder, or the filler. I'm allowing heat to do that as I rotate. Now I will put the cigar in my mouth. Continuing with the heat to cause combustion, I will puff and rotate. Mm. Very nice. Bright draw. Very nice on the palate. Again, tad bit of sweetness, but some definite major flavor. A little bit of some sharp, tangy notes on it. As I continue to puff and rotate, let me blow on the foot of the cigar. Even amber glow, and my Drew Estate Undercrown shade is perfectly lit. Now I need a fine accoutrement, and the reason that I selected the Drew Estate Undercrown shade is because I knew the libation I wanted to enjoy today, and it had to pair up perfectly, and it shall. Scotch, bourbon, and beer commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I have pulled out a bottle of Conundrum, a beautiful white wine that is made by Camus Vineyards. The Wagner family, I have been to see them in Rutherford, California. Magnificent. And it very interesting because when I was talking to Chuck Wagner, he told me the story about Conundrum. And Chuck loves cigars, loves Padron, big cigar fan, does some cigar dinners out at the vineyard with the Padrones. But he told me a great story. I said, "How did, tell me about Conundrum because it uses a number of different grapes. He said, well, at our dinner table, we would always mix wines to per- find the perfect glass so that we could pair with a meal, with, a, with, with whatever we were doing at the time. And nobody really blended wines. So he said, we used to take a little cab and a little Merlot. We'd just start blending things together. And they discovered Conundrum. They started blending some various grapes. And the grapes that they ended up blending, five grapes, Sauvignon Blanc, Muscat, Chardonnay, Vonier and Semillon. And these varietal grapes come from different regions. They come from Monterey, they come from Napa, they come from Sonoma, various parts of the People's Republic of California. And it is just a very pleasant wine. If you don't if you're not a wine connoisseur and you want to serve something that's reasonably priced, that's excellent, buy a bottle of Camus Conundrum. Suggested retail is going to be between $21, $22, and $25. Usually you'll see them on sale at various stores. And they also came out with a Conundrum Red about five, six years ago. That is magnificent as well. Can't go wrong. And do not let the twist-off cap fool you. Many people say, I'm not going to buy that. It's got a twist-off cap. Trust me. You open that bottle, you're going to want to finish it all. You will find that even non Wine connoisseurs will enjoy Conundrum White. So that's what I will enjoy today. Let me pour that. Oh, wonderful notes. Some fruit sweetness. Just ever so pleasant. Let me say cheers. Take a sip. Mm. Ah, properly chilled. It is indeed delightful. Great summer wine, too. Any time of year. Take another sip here. Mm. Wow. Perfect combination. My Drew Estate Undercrown Shade with a bottle of Camus Conundrum White. You cannot go wrong. Absolutely delightful. So my cigar, 
my libation are open. We're enjoying them. And now, lieutenants, let me remind you, if you are a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, the June 2016 selection is going out the middle of next week. It is the Casada Family Sampler. We've got three great cigars from Casada Cigar. First up, their Casada 40th Anniversary. Manuel Casada, who's been on this show many times, one of my favorite people in the world of cigars. We have a tradition that every year at the Cigar Retailers Convention, I go over to the booth, we exchange pleasantries, Manuel tells me he's up to his ass in alligators, and he proceeds to say, General, you have to join me for a glass of Fonseca and a Fonseca cigar. And we always do that because they have been making the Fonseca. But for the 40th anniversary, they decided they were going to name the cigar after the family, Casada. And celebrating their 40 years in, in producing cigars, but they've been in the cigar tobacco business for many, many more years before that. But this blend that Manuel Casada and his daughters and his nephew Hostos came up with, beautiful, combines the synthesis of transition, a tradition and innovations, medium to full-bodied, delightful cigar. Then we also threw in a Fonseca Classic. It's an oldie but goodie. It's mild. It's flavorful really is king. The Fonseca Classic is king when it comes to a nice, mild-bodied cigar encased in a silky, sweet Connecticut shade wrapper. Perfect any time of day or night. And then the Fonseca Cubano Limitado. Manuel, for a number of years, was working on blends because the rub was, well, Fonseca's are all mild. And he said, I'm going to show everyone Fonseca's not going to just be mild. Came out with a very full and rich cigar. They went big and bold. Combination of Honduran, Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan, Lajero binder, and edgy Dominican fillers. Big time taste on the palate. So you're going to get a Casada 40th anniversary, the Fonseca Classic, and the Fonseca Cubano Limitada. And if you're not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com. Join now. $22.95 gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. We ship them out in a beautiful, reusable Cigar Dave Officers Club custom pouch, Ziploc pouch that is uh, very sporty and spiffy and it'll hold probably six, eight cigars, no problem. Lieutenants, hour number two, will be joined by Butcher Dave Farmer of Orchard Fresh. When I was up in Buffalo last week, had the chance to speak to him. Meat 101 will spend the entire hour about types of meats, how to cook your meats, everything you need to know to really get into grilling and summer smoking season. Lieutenants, we will continue. The enemies of pleasure, they're rearing their ugly heads, and it ain't pretty. The June selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Quesada cigar sampler, including the Quesada 40th Anniversary, the Fonseca Cubano Limitado, and the Fonseca Classic 799. The Fonseca Classic 799 has a Connecticut wrapper, Mexican Sumatra binder, and Dominican longleaf filler. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky? You both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. 
But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. The 2016 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, is Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo River Works. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com. That will be a magnificent event. Get your tickets. It's going to be held at Buffalo River Works. When I was up in Buffalo last week, did a site uh, survey. Looks great. Phenomenal location right on the Buffalo River downtown, a lot happening down there. We're going to have, uh, when you come in, you're going to get six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th, huge alpha male lunch buffet. We're going to have unlimited, uh, well, actually, we're going to have unlimited water and soda. We're going to have samples from Hamburg Brewing. I met with John Russo, Jr. and Sr. over at Hamburg Brewing. We've got five great Hamburg Brewing beers that we're going to enjoy, including a special General Dave Alpha Male Ale that we are working on. I've I've tested a whole bunch of different batches. I've made the final selection. It's going to be magnificent. We're going to have whiskey samplings. We're going to have Jack Daniels and Woodford Reserve and Old Forster. It's even going to be a new one that we're going to talk about next week. Can't talk about it yet, but a new bourbon coming from Brown Foreman that we'll be sampling and enjoying. It's going to be a great day, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., live broadcast, noon to 2. Again, it is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo, Buffalo River Works, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to CigarDave.com, buy your tickets. Tickets are limited. We keep it a nice, cozy, intimate event. All right, lieutenants, without further delay, we are under attack by the enemies of pleasure once again. Warning. Warning. We've reached DEFCON 1. Civil rights have been breached. Congressional insurgency has begun. Stand by as your general enacts countermeasures. Well, in the People's Republic of California, I told you that uh, Governor Moonbeam Jerry Brown last month signed into law a bill raising the legal purchase age for cigars and other tobacco products 
from 18 to 21. And it took effect on Thursday. So now, if you are 18, 19, 20, you're an adult, you want to have a cigar? Not happening. You cannot legally purchase it in the People's Republic of California. Now, there is an exception because there was so much of a big deal made because the men and women who are in our armed forces, they can put their lives on the line at the age of 18, but they can't have a cigar. Military personnel are accepted. So you can still be 18, 19, 20, be in the military, and you can purchase tobacco. But for everyone else, they can't. And what I find absolutely incredible to me is the Jerry Browns of this world, the other enemies of pleasure, the Dems, the taxocrats, the people that say that kids, really they're adults at 18, but they like to say, well, they're just kids, they're children. But they're not smart enough to make their own decision to purchase cigars or alcohol at 18, 19, or 20. They have to be 21. Yet, what was it, 30 years ago? These same people jumped up and down saying, we need to lower the voting age from 21 to 18. After all, people are old enough at 18 to serve and die for their country. They should be, and they're smart enough to be able to vote at 18. But now all of a sudden, they're smart enough to vote at 18, but they're not wise enough to purchase, make the decision whether or not they want to purchase a cigar at the age of 18, 19, or 20. Well, we're doing something about it, lieutenants. I'm pleased to announce that we have a new website that is being launched actually today. And it is 21tovote.com. 21tovote, the number 21-T-O-V-O-T-E, 21tovote.com. Because we are going to single out now this, these groups of people that say it's okay. Kids are smart enough, eight, adults at 18, 19, 20, they're smart enough to vote, but they are yet not smart enough to have a cigar. So we're going to expose the fraud that it is. We're going to expose the hypocrisy of the entire thing. Now, I certainly believe that somebody at the age of 18 should be able to vote. Although I also believe that they should probably have a rough understanding of American history, what this nation has gone through, and a little bit about this nation. Because when you see some of these man-on-the-street interviews, when you ask people, tell us, what two countries participated in the Spanish-American War? And people say, uh, Germany and um, France? You know we've got a problem here. But these are the same people that yet are smart enough to vote at 18. So we're going to expose the hypocrisy. 21 to vote. It's going to keep you up to date on all the enemies of pleasure, trying to lower the age for cigars, for, for making decisions at a reasonable age. And at the same time, we are going to make a campaign to raise the voting age. If it's okay for them to raise the, the age to purchase cigars from 18 to 21, then it's okay for us to increase the age that people can vote from 18 to 21 as well. And wait do you see the flack that we're going to get for it. But we're going to stand tall and firm to show the hypocrisy and the lunacy of it. Now, in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia City Council voted on, uh, in favor of a special soda tax of one and a half cents per ounce on sugar sweetened drinks. They agreed Wednesday to back the special tax. A final vote expected next week. The initial proposal was for three cents per ounce. Now, people are saying, wait a minute, one and a half cents, no big deal. Well, first of all, I did the math. When you look at the average price of a two-liter bottle of soda 
as $1.85, or if it's on sale for $1.50, the tax, the excise tax that Philadelphia will charge is between 55% and 67%. Don't let the one and a half cent per ounce fool you. You may say, oh, it's not that much. That's not big of a deal. Oh, yes, it is. It is a big deal. So 55 to 67%. And it's not going to be just on sugar-flavored beverages in Philadelphia. It's also going to be on diet drinks. Now, remember, what, what did the enemies of pleasure say? The enemies of pleasure said, wait a minute, we have to have a tax to stop obesity. But now we see the exposure for what it was. They want to use this. The mayor, Mayor Philadelphia Mayor Kenny, wants to fund pre-K, new schools, library, parks, recreation centers. And all those of you that said, well, I don't have a problem ex- with an excise tax on cigars. Well, guess what? It's now come home to roost for you. I said, they're not going to stop at cigars. They're coming after your soda. They're coming after your steak. They're just getting warmed up. They're coming after your coffee. So here it is in Philadelphia, even diet drinks going to be taxed. It's outrageous. Picking on people that want to enjoy a soda, 55 to 67% tax. Lieutenant's hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. It is Meet 101 with Butcher Dave Farmer from Orchard Fresh up in Buffalo. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the General Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, summer has arrived, and part of summer is being able to enjoy some great cigars outside, some libations, and firing up the grills and firing up the smokers. And what is, there's nothing better than putting nice quality meat, whether it is a nice chop, a nice steak, a nice slab of ribs, chicken, a nice tomahawk chop on the grill. You can't go wrong, even if it's hot dogs or hamburgers. Well, when I was up in Buffalo, I went and visited Butcher Dave Farmer. He's been a guest many times on the show over at Orchard Fresh, just south of Buffalo. And we spent the entire hour talking meat 101, the types of meats, the cuts of meats. So I know you will enjoy learning everything you need to know about meat as we get set to join Butcher Dave Farmer and enjoy Grilling Maneuvers. The general front and center I have moved from Command Center Alpha and Humidor 1A to 
Orchard Fresh, which is one of the premier gourmet markets in the Western New York Theater of Operations. And joining us is a familiar voice to those of you that have listened to our Alpha Pleasure Fest. We've got Butcher Dave Farmer from Orchard Fresh. And Butcher Dave, great to see you in your theater of operations. Ah, General, always a pleasure to have you in the Western New York Theater of Operations. And thanks for stopping in and talking about meat with me. And we talk all the time about different types of meat, steaks and tomahawk chops and sausage, and there's a lot of confusion. People don't know the difference between what's prime, what's choice, how it's graded. And many people have said that the grading system for meat is a little bit deceptive because it's not necessarily in terms of quality, but in terms of marbling and fat content, correct? Grading of meat is a science. You look at the marbling, a lot of people mistake it for fat. What's important with the marbling is when it's cooked, that fat disperses into the meat, which makes the palatability much better. It's tender, it's juicy, and the higher the grade, the more abundant the marbling is, and that's what you're looking for. It's not bad fat, that's great fat. All right, so before we get into the different designations from the USDA, which grades every piece of meat, let's talk about, first of all, the different cuts of meat, and as we go over in the case here. I'm looking at, you've got everything from ribs, you've got pork loins, pork chops. Now the first thing I'm going to stop at, of course, is my favorite, which is a tomahawk chop, a tomahawk steak. That looks to be, the one we're looking at, it's got to be about a good four pounds. Yes, it is. That's about four pounds. That's one fine piece of meat. That comes from your prime rib. Basically, the full bone is left on it and it's Frenched. You know, a lot of it's for looks, but you know, it's a handle. So when I look at this, this reminds me of a, almost like a veal, uh, not a, yeah, like a little veal chop. Yeah, it's the, uh, looks exactly like it. Uh, obviously, it's beef, and it's much larger. Much larger. So this is actually the rib from one of the cows, and then they keep uh, the meat on the end of it on. Yes, yeah, they would just take it off, take the, uh, off the ribs and leave your prime rib whole loin actually on there. So it's a prime rib with the bone in. Yes, very simple. And many, it's funny because when I looked at that, I always wondered what type of cut is that. So now we know basically it's prime rib, roast beef with the, with the big rib that's in there. And let's talk about the different types of steaks. Uh, you know, I'm looking here, you've got the porterhouse steak. There is a Delmonico steak. There's New York strip, their filet. Let's go through each one. What are the differences? Well, your, your porterhouse steak comes from the short loin of the cattle. Uh, people think that porterhouse and T-bone are so different. They all come from the same loin. The one end has a larger fillet. That would be your porterhouse. As you cut down, it goes to just a, basically it's a strip on a rib bone. So the New York strip is basically the porterhouse with the bone out. Yes, yes, correct. No, strip. Strip. It's a New York strip, yeah. Gotcha. Now, when we talk about different parts of the cow, I think that's important because every part has a slightly different flavor complexion and certainly toughness or, or, uh, or juiciness factor, if you will. So let's go kind of through the different parts of the cow. Well, you know, when you're getting into the short loins and your um, whole ribs, you know, that's up on the side of the cattle. And you're getting down into your bottom rounds and inside rounds. Now that's in the, in the back end. And that gets in the little, dairy area. <laughs> gets a little more work when he's out in the field. So that makes it, they're a little, a little leaner and a little tougher. All right, so again, let's go the porterhouse steak, first of all. Repeat one more time what that is. The porterhouse comes from the short loin. Which is where on the cow? Uh, it's up the side. It's, it's right behind the, pri- the, the prime rib. Right behind the ribs. Yes. Gotcha. 
So that's the porterhouse. Then we're moving over to a Delmonico. Oh, your Delmonico, basically, that's a lot of, they'll call it a ribeye steak. Uh, back when I was young, you wouldn't know, General. Uh, that, that was called the Delmonico. It's basically, it's a boneless ribeye steak. All right. And then we talk about the filet mignon. The filet mignon comes from up around the back, up around the spine. Uh, that really gets the least work. That's why it's so tender. Uh, so people really like that. You know, personally, I like a little marbling in my meat. And that's the leanest part, the filet. And I normally, I like a New York strip, but the filet, I know, a little bit leaner, probably a little better for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're not vegan, so we're going to indulge. And that's the thing about people eating meat. I think people eat less today, but they want a better quality of meat, just like cigars and, and spirits. Yes, I truly believe that. That's why here at Orchard Fresh, I strive to try to use the best beef. That's why I use a black Angus. Uh, a lot of the taste and tenderness has to do with the age of the cattle. You know, and you look at the live specifications, and it, that's the science. Interesting you bring up the age of the, of the cattle because I think last week or the week before I'm at home, I'm watching Netflix or Amazon Prime, looking around for something, and I end up finding this documentary about meat and talking about the different uh, cattle and the farms, and every country is a little bit different. For example, in Spain, they like an older cow, sometimes in excess of 15, 18 years of age, where in the United States, I believe between, what, six months and 30 months, that's, that's the, the life limit before it goes to slaughter. Yes, uh, that's what uh, your black Angus has looked at. Uh, they go usually between 9 and 30 months. Uh, carcass weight will be 600 to 1,000 pounds, uh, which... Then you get a better yield on the meat. There's less fat on the carcass, and uh, it, it's a lot tenderer because they're not out, they're not out in the field roaming around, and it, it's you know they're they're not they're younger and they're ten, more tender that way. There has been a move the last number of years to get away from antibiotics and hormones, and we know that's not good. There's no question about that. And uh, there's been a huge revolution now in terms of grass-fed rather than other types of feed in terms of being healthier. So let's go over that and talk about uh, the various differences between how the cow is fed and how that makes the meat taste better or different. All right, yeah. Well, all the meat I use here is all hormone-free, antibiotic-free. Ne never, never, ever has it. Um, it is, all our meat is from small farms. When I say small, I say 1,000 to 2,000 cattle. They're more free to roam. They do eat grass, but they finish it with grain. Uh, what that does is it fattens it up a little bit. It, it's what they need. Your grass-fed is out in the pasture, roaming around eating just grass. But you don't know what they're eating. So sometimes that's where you get a flavor difference. Uh, they, don't get as, they don't have as much marbling grass-fed. Uh, so sometimes it can seem a little chewier. And they said that on the on that documentary. And I'll, lieutenants, I'll, I'll get the name and I'll post that on Twitter. And cause I just can't remember it. And actually, I'll probably put a link on CigarDave.com as well. But they talked about how in various areas, depending on the grass and the time of year, it can actually alter the taste. For example, they had uh, I think a farm from Wisconsin that it's very cold in the winter, so they use grass that they've taken from the summer, and it can add a little bit different taste to the meat. Yeah, you'll find that. You know, it's, sometimes it's not as consistent as, uh, like, the black Angus, which are all fed the same at, for the same amount of time. Now, I'm looking at a boneless chuck roast. Where does that come? And tell me the flavor characteristics of that. And what we use that for? Uh, the chuck comes from up in the front of the cattle. That is your pot roast. That's the pot roast. So you cube that, a little bit chewier of a meat? 
Yes, you're going to have to uh, you can do that in a crock pot or a Dutch oven with vegetables and gravy. You want to cook that four or five hours, and then it just falls apart. It's beautiful. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to come to you, Butcher Dave, and I'll let you cook it, and then I'll come and eat it. Yeah. Hey, we're always welcome. You just let me know when you're coming. We're with Butcher Dave Farmer at Orchard Fresh up in Orchard Park, New York, just down the street from Ralph Wilson Stadium, talking about meat today in our diversion segments. Let's face it, we all grill. We love a good steak on the grill. We love some great burgers. Butcher Dave, I'm looking at ground chuck, ground sirloin. So we just talked about the chuck roast. Can I assume that this ground chuck is basically the pulverization of that chuck roast? Yes, it is. We do we do all our grinding right here in store. So Now, and I'm looking at the ground sirloin. Let's talk about a sirloin steak because it's more expensive per pound than ground chuck. Oh, your sirloin, uh, we use a, the top round of sirloin is ground in there. Also, you, we use trimmings from your New York strip, which is a sirloin strip. So, did not know. So, so you're really eating chopped steak. Yeah, it, you're closer to chopped steak with the sirloin because out of the top sirloin, you get your top sirloin steak, which is another great steak for the grill. You know, it's, or, or it's, sometimes people call it the family steak because you get a nice two-pounder cut and grill it up and feed everybody. And you are good to go. Now, Butcher Dave, one of the things that I, I, I always find interesting is when you go into a restaurant, you'll go in and they'll, many times in the nicer restaurants, they'll bring a meat board over. They'll show you the different types of cuts. And there's different aging. There's wet aging and there is dry aging. And I'm looking right now at a dry aged rib steak that has a different color, almost a little bit more of a greenish brownish. Now, if I'd look at this initially, I'd say, that looks like that could be a stale piece of meat, but that's not correct. No, that's not correct. Uh, we actually have a dry ager here in the store. I do my own dry aging. You'll hang a, that, that's the Delmonico, the prime rib. I'll hang one in about 43 degrees humidity. It's low humidity. It helps draw the moisture out of the meat. I'll hang it for 35 to 40 days before I sell it. So it, you lose a lot of moisture. The meat almost, it's got a much bolder flavor, and I like to describe it as almost nutty to someone who hasn't experienced it before. Dry aging, when you put it in that dry ager, and we're looking at it right now, I'm looking actually at a giant hunk of beef that is hanging off a giant chain. Uh, Tell me about the temperature and the climate conditions that are in the dry aging room. The temperature I keep at about 43 degrees, which is, you know, a good refrigerator temperature. And the humidity is about 38, 39%, which then draws the moisture out of the meat. So as it, while it's at a refrigerator, it's drawing the moisture out, gives it a little bit different taste, and the discoloration is normal, no problem. Yes, very normal. That's what you want to see. Uh, that's, you know, you can, it, it almost looks old. Most meat is wet-aged, correct? Yes, that's how most meat is done. Now tell me about wet-aging, the process, and how, how that is different from the dry-aging. Uh, when, when we receive our meat, it's all each piece is cryovacked in a case. Usually, we receive it between seven and fourteen days from kill. Then I will not serve it till at least it's been wet aged at least thirty days. Uh, but a lot of my black Angus, I like to let go about sixty days before I open the package. Why is that? Uh, it's just it, the meat gets a little more tender. It's sit, it's sitting in its its juices, and it's just it's beautiful. It just it keeps it moist. We'll continue talking meat with Butcher Dave Farmer from Orchard Fresh in the Western New York Theater of Operations next. The 2016 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, is Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo River Works. Get your tickets now at CigarDave's.com. 
this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple capped using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. It's Meat 101, No Vegans Allowed, as we continue our conversation with Busher Dave from the Western New York Theater of Operations. We talked about the difference between choice. Well, we, we talked that there are different grades, choice, prime. Why don't you go over the different USDA gradings and exactly what they mean? Uh, the grading is done by the marbling. Uh, first, they get a yield grade on the cattle while it's hanging, the uh, USDA. Uh, there's, when you say yield grade, what does that mean? Uh, the yield grade is how much fat's on the outside of the carcass. It goes from like one to five, and they stamp that. And then uh, what happens is they look at the marbling. The USDA Prime has abundant marbling. Your USDA Choice is moderate marbling, and your US, 
then you can go USDA Select, which is minimal marbling. And then it goes down from there. There's other grades, but uh, we, don't, we don't deal in any of that. So we had prime is the top, yeah. choice, and select. But if somebody wants a leaner piece of meat, you're saying that they probably should choose the select or the, the choice. Yeah, yes. I'd go with a, there's, there's actually three levels of each one, prime, choice, and select. So it depends on the marbling. It, it's a very scientific. There's actually how far apart the, the marbling is from each other. It, it's amazing. You, you know, you, people should, you can Google it online. There's Texas A&M studies, and it, it's, it's very interesting reading. And we will show that to you because I've actually gone online and looked, and there's different patterns which talk about what the different grading is. So really, grading is nothing more than looking at the marbleization, the fat content. Not, that's really not a great method of grading the quality of the meat per se uh, no but there's also other factors it's it's what it's also the uh, how the meat feels uh, when it's really soft it's a, you know it tends to go down to select your your um, your your prime meat has a good feel to it it's a solid piece of meat when you pick it up you can pick up a select strip loin it'll bend right over all right so really the if they were to do it again, start from the beginning, there'd probably be maybe a different way now that they would measure things, especially if people are looking for maybe a little bit leaner type of meat. Yeah, I think uh, it would be more of what type of cattle it is. Uh, that, that, that has a lot to do with it, you know, uh, whether it has Brahma features in it or what they call white face, which is, you know, another type of cattle. A lot of your white face cattle go select low USDA choice. You know, it's interesting because when I was watching that documentary about the different types of meat and different types of cows, I always thought there was one type of cow. The cows in Spain are like all white and a lot bigger and look a lot different than the cows in the United States and the cows in Argentina, the cows in Brazil, the cows in the UK. It's really fascinating because many of our cows that are here or our cattle in the United States originally came from Europe. Yes, that's correct. And they were crossbred and so... If, in your estimation, what are the countries that are really known for their top-shelf meat? I know Argentina is very well known for their meat. Besides Argentina, U.S. probably two best countries? Yes, yes. The U.S. has done very well. I mean, of course, you know, you hear about Kobe beef from Japan. Uh, you know, that's not imported anymore. But they do Kobe-like beef now. Why is that not imported? Uh, years ago, I, I really... Oh, no. Okay. I honestly, <laughs> they just stopped importing. But it's interesting because they showed the Japanese that they've got actually, they pipe in opera music, they massage, they give cattle massage. I don't know about happy ending, but they give the cattle massage. And it's a different type of cow, but very expensive. They were talking uh, almost three, four times the amount of meat uh, that we would see here in the United States for the best cuts. Well, actually, it's the way they feed them also. There is actually a town, Kobe, and they feed them the grass and water from that town. And that has a lot to do with. And there's another type of meat. It's not Kobe. It's uh, it's another type of meat that I can't recall offhand. Maybe you would. Sounds similar to that. Uh, also very expensive. Uh, maybe the Wagyu. Wagyu. That's it. That, Wagyu. That's Kobe-like. That's and that's made in the United States. Okay. So Wagyu, similar to Kobe, high fat content. Yes, very high. Okay. Now, Butcher Dave, when I'm looking here, I see French rack of lamb, and I love lamb, and I also love veal. But one of the the, the cuts that I love is a nice big veal rib chop, and it's very hard to find. Tastes great. You order it for me, but it's very tough to find. Uh, why is it so hard to find? Why do most butchers not carry that? Uh, well, to be very honest, it's cost. 
Uh, veal is a very high expense item. Uh, a lot of the butchers that have it will freeze it. Uh, only because to lose it <laughs> hurts. And veal is a baby calf, correct? That's correct. Or I should say calf is, by definition, a baby. So you're lucky. How many months? What's the age usually? Uh, they, they're, they're very young, uh, probably about six, eight months. So they're the lower end. We talk between six months and 30 months. The, the veal comes from the six months, a little bit tender because they're not as bulked up. Yes, that's correct. They're, they're pretty much held uh, with little activity. We're talking alpha male meat with Butcher Dave as we continue front and center on the Cigar Dave Show. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. Alpha is a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks downtown Buffalo. This is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. From the time you walk in until the time you leave, you will enjoy great cigars, including six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut. We'll have a full Alpha Lunch Buffet, including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs, a carnivore carving station, paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks, including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks in Buffalo. We will see you there. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. We will continue Meet 101 Educational Maneuvers with Butcher Dave momentarily. But first, I'm going to be up in the Western New York Theater of Operations Saturday, August 13th. It is the 2016 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water. We move to a new location, downtown Buffalo, Buffalo Riverworks. What a magnificent place this is. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturday, August 13th. It is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. You will receive upon entry a Cigar Dave Assault Pack featuring six Rocky Patel premium cigars, including the Rocky Patel 55th, which is making its worldwide debut. Those that attend the Alpha Pleasure Fest in Buffalo will be the first in the world to have this for about a month. A full Alpha Lunch Buffet from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., including mini fish Rubens, Salins, Smokehouse, Buffalo hot dogs, six cheese bow tie pasta, carnivore station with roast beef and turkey. 
We'll have uh, Tampa Columbia style meat and seafood paella, grilled vegetables, ice cream bar. It's going to be great. We're also going to have samplings from Hamburg Brewing, their small town saison, their sweet tang, which is a grapefruit lager, their Oktoberfest lager, which is a Marzen, their Irish red, and a special Cigar Dave, General Dave Alpha Male Ale, double IPA that I worked on with Hamburg Brewing. Plus, we'll also have spirits tastings. Going to be a great day. Go to CigarDave.com, the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Buffalo River Works, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Now, if we're not far away from grilling season, look, every, as far as I'm concerned, even if you live in the Northeast or where it's cold, alpha males, we're going to grill year-round. Now, where I live down in Florida, you can grill year-round anyway. A little bit hot and humid in the summer, but we'll take one for the team. But in terms of uh, uh, grilling, in terms of the way to make your meat, in terms of a New York strip, let's say, what is the best way? Some people say you should throw it on a super hot grill. Other people say, no, do it nice and low. But what's really the best way to get that, that steakhouse type of taste with that nice charring and juiciness on the inside? Well, I, I find that what you want to do is put it on. You can hit it on high heat uh, to get a nice char on it and then move it off the heat. Cook, Finish it off with uh, indirect heat on your grill. Almost like, oh, let's say, almost like you're baking it in an oven, but you're not. You know, you're still getting the flavor from the charcoal. So you want that initial heavy heat to really sizzle that outside, sear it, and then bake it because it'll still be nice and charred on the outside, but it'll be nice and slow so you won't you won't dry out that cut. Yeah, you don't want to overcook it. I mean, personally, I, I give it a good sear and it's ready to be eaten. Now let's go back over to the to the tomahawk chop, because you know those are my favorite. I always gravitate towards those. Now, I'm going to Mrs. Harem of One, who we both know. Lieutenant Gary's uh, lovely wife was the first to show me how to make the tomahawk using a cast iron skillet. And basically, you, you can make it inside. Just make sure your smoke detectors are off and make sure your <laughs> ventilation fan is working. And what you do, do is you take that skillet, put a little bit of olive oil, get it super, super hot, and let it get hot for about 30 minutes. You take the bone, you hold it, and then you do it on each side, not on the, on the, on the wide side, but on the narrow side. It's about an inch, inch and a half. And then the very last, what you do is you flip it once, you flip it a second time, uh, you do the the flat side, and then you flip it over again, and then you're done. However, I did one a little differently because uh, Chef Bill Gideon, who you know from the Hard Rock, he said, General, why don't you just make it on your grill? Put that cast iron in your nice 800-degree grill, and you can do the same thing. And he said, sear it on both sides first, and then just let it bake nice and slow, and that is beautiful. That had to to turn out really nice. Yeah, it's, you know... You can read 100 different cookbooks, ask 100 different people, General, and it's, it's the finished product. When it's good, it's good. Now, Cigar Sister Lynn loves and makes a great skirt steak. She's got a special recipe. We featured it on our Super Snacks for Super Bowl show. What is the skirt? That's the very bottom, correct? Yeah, that's the very bottom. Uh, it comes off, and it has a lot of skin on it when you, when you go to use it, and it has to be peeled off. And that's, you know, a lot of times up here in the Western New York Theater of Operation, that's not a big uh, request. But, you know, down south, uh, everybody's looking for it. It's a great piece of meat, great for tacos and fajitas, things like that. The way that Cigar Sister Lynn does it, it's about four minutes on each side on the grill. She marinates it overnight and just delicious. And we've got that recipe posted at CigarDave.com. And, by the way, she did say she wants the skirt steak. Take the fat off. We'll take the fat off. It'll be in tomorrow. Perfect.
At Super Snacks for Super Bowl, we enjoyed some Katz's corned beef and Katz's pastrami from Katz's Delicatessen in New York. Now, corned beef is a very tough cut, and way back, the reason that corned beef was so popular, especially in New York, because all the ethnic groups that came, it wasn't an expensive cut of meat, but they knew how to properly season it and marinate it and work it. What exactly is the corned beef? Where does that come from? Corned beef, corn beef is the beef brisket. As what you know, what I like is that the Texas beef brisket smoked. But what they do is they take it and they put it in a salt brine with pickling spice. And you let that sit in there for, oh, goodness, it's up to you, you know, about 48 hours or more. Colonel Ange, a month. <laughs> That's our guy. Uh, yeah, you, you, let it, you can let it go. It may, helps make it tender, breaks down the, the uh, may, helps break down the meat and the fat. And it just then you just cook her up. Beautiful. Now, I do want to ask you about the brisket itself. Where on the cow is that located? The brisket comes from the side. From the side. So that's really why it's pretty tough. Gets yeah. a lot of work. It's a lot of work between the front and front and back. It's always chugging along. Yeah, they don't chug too quickly. <laughs> not like not like a thoroughbred racehorse, but that's why because it is a muscle. It's a tough muscle because it really is pretty 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 well used. Yes, it is. All right. Now, I do want to continue talking about ribs because I am looking right now at a magnificent, this is not a rack of ribs, there's about 20 racks I think that you made here. Uh, as soon as I walked in, you took this beautiful plate out and just started displaying it. So Butcher Dave, let's talk about ribs because ribs an American institution. Oh yeah, this is uh, that's a plate of baby back ribs. There, there's a few different styles of ribs. You hear St. Louis ribs, baby back ribs, uh, the belly rib. Uh, it's all pork of course, but you're your baby back comes up from a little higher. The difference is the baby back has a round bone. It has a little more meat on it. Your St. Louis rib has a flat bone. And then the, the, full, the full belly rib has all the fat and hanging on it. Now, is it different types of, of, uh, of pork, of cow, or pig? No, same. It all comes from the whole one side, the side, the rib side. So you can get in the same rib, there's just different types of ribs. So you've got the baby back, which is the rounder, then the St. Louis style, you said, which is more of a flat spare rib? Yeah. Yes, as you go down the rib, it flattens out. Up, up towards the spine, it's rounder bone, and it flattens out as it goes down the side of the pig. I did not realize that, and many people think baby backs, these little small, especially Danish baby backs, I, those, those pigs in, in Denmark must be extremely small. Because you look at these, they're very tasty, but they're very, very small, and they're very much more curved than what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, well, there's many breeds of pigs. Um, you know, you can also, they also, uh, you can go right down to a, a limousine, they, they're called. They're a lot longer pigs, so your ribs are going to be longer. Uh, it, you know, it's how long they're cut. In fact, I saw some of the ribs that you say there's different breeds of pig. The Rosie O'Donnell ribs that we saw earlier, boy, those are really, those are not good-looking ribs at all. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Something you want to stay away from. <laughs> I couldn't resist. So these, these are the baby backs, and uh, tell us how you made these. Uh, what I did was I rubbed them with our, your famous coffee rub using the, the General's Coffee with uh, various spices and brown sugar. And what does the coffee do to it? Coffee bring it's it gives it, it crisp, helps crystallize it brings it a little bit of coffee flavor it's not like drinking a cup of coffee and then when you add the brown sugar it puts a real nice crust on the outside of it so it's a dry rub it's a dry rub I do dry rubs dry rub and then you put it in the smoker correct that's correct I put it in the smoker for three hours that's it well then I take it out and I wrapped it in foil and put it back in for another three hours ah six hours so why do you do do both steps 
Uh, you don't want to over smoke them. There's not a, it's, it's a very thin piece of meat. So you don't want to over smoke it either. You get that flavor in there, you get it cooked, and then once you close it up, the smoke, because you're a smoker, even when you don't have the wood in it, it's still got the, all the, 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 the grease on it and stuff. So you don't want to overdo it. We're with uh, Butcher Dave Farmer at Orchard Fresh, uh, the Western New York Theater of Operations, uh, as I'm on remote uh, field maneuvers. And Butcher Dave looking at these ribs, again, magnificent. So tell us how many hours on step one did you put it in the smoker? Uh, what I, what well, three I, hours, but what temperature? Uh, what temperature? I did these at 225 degrees. 220, low and slow. Low and slow, and I used pecan chips. Now, it's interesting. I used the, for the very first time, I used the Jack Daniels chips, and that gave it a very nice, nice flavor to it. Well, I used Jack Daniels, too, but I used the pecan chips to cook it with. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into the first time I used my smoker. Uh, I, they were a little, they were good, but they were dry, and Colonel Ann said, well, did you put any sort of water? What did what'd you put in the, in the water pan, or did you put a little Jack Daniels? And I said, water pan? I thought that was a drip pan. Well, I learned, but the second time I got it right. Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes it takes one, once or twice. You got to try it out. You got to get it right. Um, there's a lot of experimentation with your smoker. And I've got that electric smoker. It is so easy because you turn it on in about half an hour. It's ready to go. Again, you set it and forget it. Uh, now, I didn't, you're, you're a little more advanced than I am because I wanted to go watch football. This is a number of months ago. So I set it to about 205 degrees for about seven hours, and it was fantastic. So for these 220 degrees, 225? 225. Three hours, and then you take them out, and then you put them in foil, which what, softens them up a little bit? Yeah, it helps keep them moist. The moisture then, uh, it, the moisture stays in the, the meat because it's closed in. It's not, it's not escaping. Now, do you like your ribs fall off the bone or with just a little bit of chew to it? These have a little bit of chew to them, uh, but you're, you're not going to have to chew much. They're not, they're not peeling away from the bone. There's a lot of controversy. Some people say, I love that. They, they should fall off the uh, bone. Other people say, no way. Now, if you talk to guys in rib competitions, they'll tell you, no way. That should, there should be a little chew to it. Yes, there should be. You know, and a lot of thing with the uh, barbecue competition is presentation. And if, you, if they're falling off the bone, you can't even pick them up. Well, you just got my five-star uh, gold award here because the presentation, we, we're, we're tweeting out a picture and putting it on CigarDave.com, is absolutely magnificent. You've got the little lettuce garnish underneath <laughs> there, the two little sides of sauce, and they just look so succulent and, and juicy, and the, it just the right amount of char looks absolutely perfect. Now, you mentioned wood chips. In your smoker, pecan. What's the difference? There's pecan, there's cherry, there's apple, there's the Jack Daniels, which they actually take from Jack Daniels barrel. What are the differences? Uh, it's it's the uh, basically it's the flavor. It's a lighter flavor, uh, fruitier. Uh, I like I like doing my briskets with mesquite. It's a little because mesquite's very real real musky elbows. Yeah, it's a musky. It's it's a it's a strong flavor. Uh, when I do pork, I'd like to lighten it up. Or fish, you want to lighten it up a little bit. Never thought about smoking fish, but you did that actually at the Buffalo Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water uh, last August, and I think you did the salmon on the plank. Oh, that was our good friend Colonel Ange who did the salmon on the plank, and that was just off the charts. Outstanding, no question about it. And how long to do fish in the smoker? Fish doesn't take that long. It probably takes about an hour. You know. What temperature? Uh, I would go three and a quarter. I'm not sure what Colonel Ange did. Okay. Now, but, but for meat, low and slow is always the way to go. That's, I always recommend that. You know, you'll get people who, you'll do a, a, flame, a whole tenderloin roast. And people will say, oh, should I put it in the oven at 500 degrees? And, and I, I always say no. I do it nice and easy, 350, 45 minutes. 
it's good to go. You know, 500 just seems to shrink the meat. Yeah, you don't want to have, and I've had this where I've tried to do it quickly and it gets very, very dry. And that brings me to the next question because some people boil their ribs before they put them on the grill or the smoker. What's your take on that? Uh, actually, I, I ran a barbecue joint a while, many a year ago, and we used to boil the rib first. Basically what you're doing is it's cooked. That's to fall off the bone. You only pop it in the smoker for 20, 25 minutes. You're just flavoring it. That's it? Yeah, that's all it takes. You're just putting a ring on it. So put it in a microwave. Yeah, so that's how I look at it. So if you do want to do it that way, because some people do like it off the bone, how long do you boil them for? Uh, you'll boil them for a good hour. Boil them for an hour, and you take them out, then put your seasoning, your dry rub, and then stick them in the smoker for what, what temperature? Uh, the smoker will run 250. 250 for what, about an hour? Yeah, an hour does it. That's all you need. Now, Cigar Sister Lynn likes to make hers. She likes the spare ribs, and she does a special recipe where she actually makes them right on the grill with direct heat. But most people would tell you indirect heat. So let's talk about the different methods on a grill, not on a smoker. Uh, you know, you can do them any way you want. On the grill, is, it's great. Uh, I, I think that it's not as tender. Uh, you have to marinate them longer. You want to get the fibers of the meat loose. And, and that's really the way to do it on a grill. There's barbecue joints around the country that, I, you know, if you watch TV, I've seen where they just do it over charcoal. And they don't do it that long. They only do it 45 minutes. You know, once it's marinated and it's, it's, the fibers are broken up, it's tender. Well, that's the key because Cigar Sister Lynn marinates them overnight in a Ziploc bag, and they're good to go the next day. We're talking alpha male meat with Butcher Dave as we continue front and center on The Cigar Dave Show. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Quesada cigar sampler, including the Quesada 40th Anniversary, the Fonseco Cubano Limitado, and the Fonseco Classic 799. The Quesada 40th Anniversary combines Secos, Visos, and Ligeros of Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers with a Dominican binder and a beautiful dark San Andreas wrapper. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? 
Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. talking alpha male meat with Butcher Dave as we continue front and center on the Cigar Dave Show. Now, Buffalo is known for its delicacies, known for its beef on weck, known for its buffalo chicken wings. It's known for its its pizza, I think. Uh, got Chef's Italian Restaurant, but there really is not a great barbecue joint. Am I missing something? Yes, we, that's one thing we are missing here. Uh, being, I've, I've worked a lot of years in Texas. Uh, the barbecue up here, I mean, you've got your your famous Dave's and you you've got a couple other places not to say not like in Tampa we got a barbecue joint on every corner I think Colonel Ange needs to set up Colonel Ange's uh original barbecue joint well and another thing is uh you know they they'll do marinade I like dry rub on my meat because you know general real men rub their meat the harem rubs my meat that's another story <laughs> well, we did talk about massaging happy endings earlier with the Wagyu or the, uh, you know, that Japanese meat. But in terms of ribs, I'm with you 100%. I hate when you go into a place and they slop the sauce all over the place, and it's just so messy. It shouldn't be like that. I like the Memphis style or the Oklahoma style. There's a place down in the Cigar City next time we'll take you down to called Kojak's on Gandy Boulevard. It is an institution, and they use Oklahoma style rub. And it is their baby backs, just like these ribs, and they are delicious. And no sauce necessary, they're that good. No, sauce should be served on the side. If you want to dip it in there, that's great. Let's move back to meat, different types of steaks. Give me your recommendation. What would everybody, if somebody wants to grill tonight, tomorrow night, give us the different recommendations to put on the grill. Because we're looking again at the New York Strip, at Delmonico. We're looking, boy, by the way, those New York Strips look absolutely magnificent and pretty lean, too. Yeah, they're, they're very, yeah, they're they're probably on the uh, medium choice. Uh, the marbling is a little less than I normally get, uh, but you know, in a box of beef, you you do have some variation. They just have to fall into that uh, grading category. So, well, give us the recommendations you would make to, for what people want. So, what what would people choose first of all? Let's say a New York strip steak for. Yeah, when somebody comes in and says, oh, "I really want to grill a steak," what should I get? I always recommend the New York strip steak first. It's a steak that it's common, everybody likes. You're not going to go wrong with it. And then if they're like, "Well, you know, I got so many people," I'll push them towards the top sirloin. It's not tougher. It's great flavor. It's a great steak on the grill. A lot of people don't realize it. What's the difference between a top sirloin and a New York strip? Uh, it's where, where, where it actually comes from. The New York strip is your strip loin. It comes from the side, and the top butt comes from further back in the cattle. And, uh, but the flavor is, is phenomenal. It's, it's, in, it's, it's less expensive, but yet a good quality steak. All right, then let's talk about a porterhouse. What would people choose a porterhouse for? Porterhouse, best of both worlds. You get a New York strip and a filet mignon. 
It's you know, we, the way we cut them. We cut them almost two pounds. Uh, it's a dinner that dinner for two right there. Well, not for me, but well, if you had vegans, it'd be a dinner for about ten thousand. <laughs> yeah. And then your Delmonico's. I, I'm personally, I'm a Delmonico ribeye steak fan. Difference being, the ribeye steak has the bone on it. Your Delmonico doesn't. Uh, but it's the prime rib. The marbling's fantastic. The flavor's great. And it's an easy steak to grill. That's the key. Want to make it easy. And filet mignon, somebody wants a nice, tasty, elegant uh, piece of meat. Not too fatty. Not too fatty. Nice to do. I, what I like to do with that is I'll char it a little bit if I'm doing it outside. Move it off the heat and finish it with indirect heat. And sometimes, you know, I like a nice thick filet. What's your take on butterflying them, cutting it in half and opening them up? It just makes it quicker, that's all. I, I'd leave it whole and do the indirect heat and just cook it a little bit longer. I'm with you all the way. And, of course, if you want to make good burgers, your suggestion? Uh, chuck, 100% black Angus chuck. Round chuck. And what's the fat content usually on that? Uh, that runs 80-20 pretty consistently. And I'm noticing you've got on the ground sirloin, that's a 90-10, we're a 10% fat. Yes, there's a lot less uh, fat there. If you, if you were to look at the top sirloin steak, you can see the difference between that and the chuck. Well, uh, Butcher David, it has been a pleasure uh, coming to uh, your theater of operations here, Orchard Fresh in Orchard Park, New York, just down the street from Ralph Wilson Stadium, the home of the Bills. We hope they make the playoffs next season. But, again, we've been hoping for, what, 16 years? Hope, uh, hope springs eternal. Well, we've got Rob Ryan now, too. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> hope springs eternal, but not really, considering they just brought in Rob. We know how his defense has gone. So, uh, Butcher Dave Farmer, as always, great having you on, and we look to, forward to seeing you at one of the Alpha Male Pleasure Fest soon. Oh, I'll be there. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Lieutenants, everything you want to know about meat, we've got pictures at CigarDave.com. So you are ready for the grill. You are ready for the smoker. Well, after our conversation with Butcher Dave, I am ready to go home, fire up the grills and the smokers, and throw some great meat on all of those and get ready to chow down. Lieutenants, hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget, if you want to attend the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo, go to CigarDave.com now. It is Saturday, August 13th. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. as we launch the new Rocky Patel 55. It's a great day of alpha males and hot women enjoying the good life. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha.